Welcome, everybody, to another fine edition of Franken-Culture presents Frankensteiner's The Raw NXT. I'm your host and current WCF TV champion, Clifford Red Dog Miller. And today we have my very bestest friend in the wrestling business and real life, Marty! Yay! Oh my god. Aww. The literal worst. Yeah, I know. I rolled my eyes so hard. (laughs) So fun fact, I have a black eye because I got stomped in the face today at a AUW event. His wife was just like over it. Stop (laughs) leaving your dirty socks on the floor and just try to curb stomp them. That's what you thought, but it was because I forgot to put the toilet seat down. And she said, you either put it down or I'll put you down. And then she put me oh. down. Hard yikes. <laughs> Hard yikes. She hit me with a curb stomp. Yeah, she did. <laughs> Yeesh. Um, but uh, some cool events that are coming up. Um, there's actually a double show next week. I got to get video. I got to find a way to live stream it. Um, but we do have WCF's uh, Generation Show as well as Uprising uh, by AUW back to back next week. So I'll see if I can get some like live feeds up and uh, let you yes. guys get the inside of the world because it'll be kind of cool. We um, need it. What's that? We need it. Yeah. And then what else have we got going on? Um, King of Ladders actually. WCF's King of the Ladders is coming up too, and your boy just found out that he's going to be participating in the show, and I'm excited, so I can't wait. Can't talk about what I'm going to do, though, so, meh. But speaking of wrestling, meh. Marty, we uh had Monday Night Raw, which was the first Monday Night Raw since the draft, and, you know, kind of hope that stories would get developed, but... Nope, that doesn't happen. So, let's start off with the show, kicking off with Ric Flair announcing his final member of his team. Um, Mm. And what's crazy is that, uh, because normally I feel like WWE understands that they're kind of like, there's some waters you just don't step into. And I felt like Ric Flair just cannonballed in by announcing that the show is going to be in Saudi Arabia. I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, it's Saudi Arabia. So, <laughs> yeah. Literal blood money. But at least it's not China right now. Stairs in NBA and Blizzard Activision. Um, <laughs> but uh, Drew McIntyre. I, uh, I've missed him with him being injured and everything else like that. And he had a pretty decent showing against, uh, Mr. Ricochet Finger Blaster. <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> I actually wrote down I here. I don't know. It's just, this is probably one of the better opening segments in Ron a while, so. Well, it's funny because in, in my notes I wrote down. Drew McIntyre is his final pick. Holy shit. Because 
I, well, I mean, I it's not really a holy. I, 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 I'm a little over dramatic. I don't think it's a holy shit. I mean, it's just like we knew he was coming back. Um, yeah. I still think it's weird that Ric Flair is kicking off fucking Raw when this old man sometimes doesn't even forget. Like he forgets where he's at and what he's supposed to be doing. Like that whole interaction between him and Hogan. Like oh Jesus, God. old men bantering. Mm. Well, it's like that was terrible. So we'll fast forward a little bit, like during uh, Ricochet and McIntyre's match. Uh, he forgot where he was and what day it was, and he was just like, "Hogan, I'll see you in SmackDown." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, Rick, <laughs> you don't know where you are." Um, no, this yeah, was a really good match. It's... Actually, I moved this into one of my favorite matches of the year so far. So it was kind of cool. That it's, I don't know, now my list is like 35 matches, matches long. It's just, it's awesome that I could include this in there because I thought it was a great showing by Ricochet and I thought it was a great showing by McIntyre as well. This looks like the Raw people are stepping it up in the cliff book. Yeah, finally. Yeah. <laughs> um, They talked about uh, King's Court. Uh, they promoted Street Profits with their mystery uh, tag partner Seth was going to explain his actions about the Firefly Funhouse segment, um, and then they did this like weird XFL intro where they introduced Cardell Jones, who, for some people who don't know, uh, used to play quarterback for Ohio State uh, back when he was Ooh. in college. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry about it. Um, they talked the OC beating up the Street Profits. And then Charlie did an interview with OC. And uh, one line I took out of here was when AJ Styles said, it's illegal to smoke in Ohio. <laughs> and I, I laughed. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, Terrible. It, it was. Lord. Um, in, uh, they did a whole segment about uh, the instant impact players, which included Andrade, Buddy Murphy, and Alistair Black. Um, and then Alistair Black cut a promo. And then we finally got to match number two after the fourth commercial break, uh, <laughs> which was a squash match. Uh, Alistair Black came out and finished off Jason Reynolds, although Reynolds did get some good offense in. Um, it was just a black, black mass. And then night, Jason. Then we went to another commercial break, and we're is Alistair coming off as a tweener right now, or is he coming off more heelish? I don't even think. I think he's just coming off as a tweener because he didn't do anything that was heelish in like his past couple matches. It's just he just goes in there, beats the shit out of somebody, and then just walks out. So I don't really know if it's a heel mm-hmm. move or not. And maybe because when I watched him in NXT, like I didn't, he is pretty much felt like it's just a transition move. Like he didn't even come off as a heel. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Um, as long as as long as they do something with him, right? Exactly. And they don't have him just sitting the back, all moody, asking people to pick a fight. Assholes. Um, Fucking Michael Cole. <laughs> moody. Uh, AOP. Uh, cut a promo, which I do love their promos, but I'm kind of getting tired of just seeing them in the back. I'd love to see them in an actual match. Um, but then we finally got Rusev on King's Court, where the King is talking about 
things that should be private should be private, but things are always in the public. So his business is in the public. Uh, the crowd was chanting what? Like after everything King was saying and Rusev kind of shut them all down by saying like he's a Hall of Famer. Stop it. And everybody did. Which we'll talk about that after this segment really quick. Uh, Lana and Bobby start talking to Rusev. Um, and then Rusev is going to chase after Lana. Which, there's two parts of this I got to talk about. One, Lana said that it was her dream to go to a restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio. I just want to, to state that. That her dream restaurant is in Cleveland, Ohio. Did do you find that weird? I I have I have nothing. <laughs> like that's just what? Yeah. Like <laughs> Cleveland. Right. Cleveland. Even the nobody, not even people who live in Cleveland want to be in Cleveland. Like <laughs> Remember remember even the Miz was like everybody was like, Welcome home. He's like, I live in LA. Um, so alright so during this right um, the crowd was saying what right and I don't know if it was in response to something but apparently Fox is kind of upset with the the WWE crowd because they keep saying what during certain segments but they're pretty much trying to get the crowd to stop saying the what chant right and producers it's apparently literal went out WWE to culture. It's literal WWE culture. Yes, it's something that is slightly almost two decades old, but it is still fucking WWE culture. If Fox wants to call out the fans for reciting something from a Steve Austin promo 20-something years ago, then can we please stop bringing back people who wrestled in the fucking 80s? You exactly. can't have it both fucking ways. And even if you're going to have Either, stars of you, like, right? You can't say let's not let's forget about the past and move on with the future, and then have fucking Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair on SmackDown. Like, hello, like no, no, yeah. no, no, can't have it. I just I I don't like the hypocrisy. I have since when am I a big fan of hypocrisy? <laughs> so, um, keep doing the what chance. Because oh, yeah. fuck them, fuck them suits, fuck them out the butt with something hard and sandpapery, sideways coated in lemon juice. Damn, that's a uh, that's pretty fucked up. Um, yeah, like I was gonna say, right? Like if you're gonna bring back superstars, then you have to expect that whatever was in that era is gonna come back as well. Like it's not like you're gonna be like, hey, Brick, nobody do the Woo chant because it's disrespectful. To other wrestlers, it's just it's just dumb, and that whole thing. Yeah, is dumb. are we gonna, are we gonna think... stop saying "woo" after every chop? Now, right. are we are we gonna stop doing that? Or the yes? No, we're gonna stop. Oh yeah, that. that's over. That's almost ten years old. So right. yeah, we need to stop that. And even, well, I don't want to talk about SmackDown. We're not gonna talk about. Anyway, we're we'll gonna move on. So, mm. uh, we come back from a commercial break, which I wrote down six. So obviously, we know how many that is. Uh, Andre is out. Uh, Andre Andrade. Cool. Is out. Uh, Andra- Andre the Giant's out? Yep, Andre. Andre the Giant. Came back from the oh, dead. Okay. Uh, Andrade came out. Uh, Zelina cut this, like, badass promo about uh, Sin Cara. And um, I was like, yo. Actually, I was digging it. Uh, we saw Herberto Car- Carrillo was watching the match. 
um, at the weird angle that they always do, which I don't fucking get it. But he looked like a Power Ranger, and I thought that was cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been seeing a lot of memes about it. I was like, "Yep, that's that's cool. I like it." Um, so Sankara has a lot of offense in this, and once they go to break, they come back. Uh, Andrade took control. Um, they had some great back and forth. Commercial number seven, actually. <laughs> oh, that's seven already. No, I said six. Well, um, Seventeen. Yeah, different. we'll go with that. So, um, apparently, Sankara has signed with Raw, which wasn't something that was announced. It was just kind of like low key mentioned on uh, by the commentators. Um, no, it was announced on when? fucking the dot com after the first wave of draft. Oh, meh. I missed that one. Uh, well, I mean, it's Sankara. It's not like, you know, we're, it's anything special. The way he's been booked. Right. He's, a, he, he's an instant win for anybody who he goes up against. Yeah. <laughs> well, Andrade did the, the Latino... Uh, he did Eddie Guerrero's uh, Three Amigos, which... I don't know. I like it. I like it on him. It, it fits well. Um, anyway, so... Zillion gets involved. There's a Hurricane Rana on the outside. Also, Hammerlock DDT for the win. And Andrade wins. Then uh, Charlie uh, interviews Humberto. And uh, I I wrote down in my notes, he looks like the White Ranger. I can dig it. Um, But he mentions that he wants to be a true champion and not burn stuff down like Seth Rollins. Which I thought was very cool. That it was just like this little... Subtle hit, like, hit at the champ. And then, um, yeah, it, it was cool. I don't, I don't know what you thought. I mean, it was definitely a weird introduction for Humberto, for people who haven't watched NXT or 205. Um, but definitely, I, I like where it pretty much all led to the main event, because, I mean... I don't know. It's nice. Yeah, it was. It was nice to see. Um, it was nice. Yeah, but I mean, we'll get into the, that match later. But still, it's just it was. It's nice to see you know them trying to do new things with different people. Right. So, what well, was also cool the whole too? Umberto, the whole Umberto move to Raw in the first place was kind of like out of left field for me. Yeah. And the fact that he gets like a, a main event quality match with Seth, I was just like, okay. Yeah, I was, so. I was going off too. So we had Street Profits come in. They cut a promo, which was really good. They always cut good promos. I I will never knock them. Um, well, no, no. Montez Ford cuts good promos. Yeah. Angelo and just, is, is like right on there. a ride. The other one is just there. It's a really big shadow. I did write in here, though. How long till Raw ruins Street Profits? Which I shouldn't say like that, but it is what well, I mean, it is. Come on. Come on, let's just be real. Out of all the tag teams that have come up from NXT, out of all the tag teams that have come up from NXT, every single one, I'm including Ascension, you know, Vaudevillains, Enzo, and Cass. This team clearly is held up by one person. Yeah. One person. This, you, it, it is just a ticking timer to me when the inevitable happens. And we get a heel Montez Ford breaking up the Spree Profits. And then Angelo Dawkins is nowhere to ever be seen again. 
So, just saying. Montez Ford is the star, 100%. And if him, if Bianca Belair ever gets called up, those two together as like a duo like Ms. Maurice, uh, something like that, even Bianca just being on her own, whatever, I could see that like tandem definitely being like an edge Lita the way they were back in edges and Lita's heydays as heels. Yeah, I can see that. I can, that's, I just have a timer. I'm I'm just waiting. So, R-Truth showed up with a 24-7 title and lost it to the Singh Bros. So, there's that. Um, The Bollywood Boys. Oh, yeah. I forget that's what they're calling themselves now. Anyway, um, and it, it mattered. They've always been as, the Bollywood boys. Whatever. They've always been the Bollywood They are who they are. Do you not remember the Cruiserweight Classic? Come on. No, I don't. Me. I don't. I just remember mm. them as the Singh Brothers with mm. gender. That's how I remember them. Choices. Choices. They were known as the Bollywood boys before they even teamed up with gender before that disastrous WWE title run. Yeah. Well, the Singh Brothers it is. So the Viking oh, Raiders okay. came out and they had a match with Hawkins and Ryder. Where Hawk Squash. Yeah, and Zack Ryder was in the back. Talk about we're just happy to be here. I'm like Squash. So Yep, they got squash. How do they have a job? I just I think How because they're Zach one of those Ryder guys still have a job. They're they're one of those teams that I, backstage. They're probably just like, whatever. Whenever you want to use use us, use us. Toy. They're just doing toy YouTube channel stuff. Yep. That we do better. Um, We're going to figure we it our out. Own shit. We, we don't, we don't uh, get free shit and then have kiss-ass reviews about shit. So up yours, you cuck. Um, <laughs> I don't um, know. I just... Yeah. I just think that the the, the, the the allure of Zack Ryder has definitely... Like, it's not 2008. Why is he still there? No. This dude has, like, no ability. I just... I don't see anything that's cool about him. Hawkins, however... I, there's something there. I grant it now. I like them as a team. They definitely uplift each other. But I just... I can't stand Zack. <laughs> He's annoying. Poor dude. Anyway... So, or me for having to watch this. Uh, Bobby and Lana were in a restaurant, obviously. Oh, boy. Restaurant. restaurant. Yep. So we're going to keep going. So Ray comes out of the ring, uh, comes out because of promo. Um, and, or no, he comes out. We then join Rusev after the commercial break, finding Bobby and Lana in their uh, restaurant. And then they get to this argument where Lana decides to yell, put him in jail. I don't, I don't know why. Anyway, so Rey Mysterio comes out next, and my question is, why is he still wearing a sling? Like that arm's fucked up, yo. Apparently, because that arm is fucked up. Yep. Apparently, apparently it's it Dominic's is because fault. It's all Dominic's fault. He shouldn't have gotten it's in Dominic's the ring. Fault. He shouldn't have got thrown in the ring. Mm. That dude. Uh, but he expressed his love. Actually, I want to say his promo was really, really good though. Like I was legitimately like, yo, I like it. Um, but then Sean Benjamin came out and talked about how he trained Brock and how he wrestled with Brock at Minnesota and like he this really cool tie in about his connection to Brock Lesnar and I was like, yo, I actually I dig this. Um but then Sheldon Benjamin kept calling out Cain Velasquez, kept talking about how everything that he did earned him another title 
another title shot. And I wrote in here, Kane really needs to work on his punches. I get it. It's still early, and I do too. But also... As I, a, can't, I The only reason why I want to see, even watch the Saudi Arabia garbage dumpster fire um, is I want to see if they actually, like, totes hit each other, like, legit. <laughs> like, <laughs> please. I need to see some real shit. That real shot's going to happen. I, I want to see some real shots. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Backlash 2012. Like, the ring is now made of blood type shit. But um, it would be dope. Would be dope. Yeah, I want to see the. I want the lines then to get brought back for Who? that match. Who? You remember the lines then? Like they. Oh, are you talking about Steve Blackman and Ken Shamrock? Yeah, but I mean, we could run it Can with we... Goldberg and Kane. That would be that would be Goldberg. awesome. Yep, Goldberg, that's what I said. Brock Lesnar and Kane. Jesus. Speaking, sidebar, speaking of Ken Shamrock, did you <laughs> see his pictures from Bound, from Bound for Glory? No, but I know that he looks super jacked. He's like, super, like, ripped, angry old man, and it's terrifying. He looks like a super beefed-up, roided-out Al Bundy. <laughs> like it's great it's... people said that the match with Moose was like it was decent like they didn't say it was like amazing but they did say it was decent and I, I kind of I mean, want to Ken, Ken has never been an amazing wrestler right never has been he's always had that aura about him and that gravitas um, but for what it was it was actually pretty dope I did get I did, did watch that one because I'm kind of an old school Ken Shamrock fan from, you know, Attitude Era. Yeah. So that's just me. Anyway, sorry, Fox New sorry, Fox. I I didn't mean to go back to relics of the past that you know you hate so much. <laughs> Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair on fucking SmackDown. God. Okay. So Mean Charlie came back and she did an interview with Seth Rollins asking about why he burned down the Firefly Funhouse. Rollins oh said my God. he got into get into uh he wanted to get into into Bray's head, which was whatever. Anyway, Rollins see in the distance, he sees Carrillo and then challenges to him a match, which was awesome. And then we got to find out that there was a big parade and Riyadh, cool. Um the Undertaker was there, cool. But then we started with the match. Um I will have to say I was definitely hyped about the Seth Rollins match, um, only because Humberto Carrillo was in it, and he looked amazing in this match. Um, it, it's pretty much your typical matches for like a 205-er, as far as what Carrillo was doing. Old uh, schoolboy, two arm drags, his giant uh, super arm drag that he does off the ropes. Uh, then Rollins kind of wrestled more like a heel in this match, because he was, uh, you know, he was talking a lot of trash. He was doing the dives and stuff and just kind of beating down Carrillo. A um, couple great insecurities. Um, the Falcon Arrow looked amazing uh, by Seth. Um, he did the buckle bomb, uh, but Carrillo kicked out. Carrillo's moonsault. Can we talk about this for a second? Does this man literally want to touch the top of the arena? Because that shit was amazing. 
Yeah, that dude gets some air. That's some very much like Leo Rush, Evan Bourne style air. Like what he gets, it's you even Io Shirai style. Like those, mm. he just I'm looks just so pretty. I'm I'm so bored. I'm bored. I'm bored. <laughs> I'm bored with Seth Rollins. Yeah, I think there's been there's been no upward movement for his character. Like, at all, up until, like, this Bray Wyatt thing. And then, even then, it's still not anything new with his character. It's... Uh, and I, I, I'm i with the crowd. Like, the, the booing of Seth. Like, WWE needs to, like, l- literally pay attention. Like, because the internet's a thing, WWE has to pretend, know that the internet's a thing. Yeah. You need to book around the fan reactions and then keep that going if you so choose. Because if you don't, you will stall out or get stagnant like the Seth Rollins shit, which is very reminiscent of Roman Reigns shit from a couple years ago. And uh, yeah, people won't want to see Seth anymore. Well, it's like, yeah. No, 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 I feel, it's exactly right. I mean, that's the problem. And then, like, the answer isn't Which, a hot shot to title to other people. Right quick, speaking of Roman right quick, I swear to God, if we have Brock and Roman at WrestleMania again this year, I swear to God, I swear to God, uh, I swear Find another competitor. God. No, if, this, if they're going to try to make this another big money match between the two... It needs, to at, at, it needs to happen at, at at Rumble. At Rumble or Survivor Series, and then they need to fucking drop it. It needs to never happen again. No. They're gonna they're gonna run that but they're, all eight they're of both in the same they're both in the same fucking brand. Yep. They're both in the same fucking brand. So it no it's inevitably gonna happen. Just like Braun and Brock are gonna happen again. It's inevitably gonna happen. They're gonna wanna finish up that title, that that whole feud because they would have done it for the universal title. And I think uh, you know, had Roman not been diagnosed with leukemia and had to relinquish his title, that that match would have ran all the way till WrestleMania. So I think WWE in their mindset is like, oh, cool, we'll just take it off of Kofi now that Roman's back and we'll put them in a match together at WrestleMania. And it'll be awesome. We'll totally have her payoff and the crowd will love Roman. Like, they already do love him. No. He's above the title. He doesn't need it. He can just come challenge for it when he wants to. It's, I don't know, it's so weird. So. You can build stars without the title. That's not what WWE thinks. So, it's whatever. They think everybody has to have a title, or else you don't mean shit. Mr. Perfect. Roddy Piper. But they're not thinking like that. They're thinking, like, they're thinking here, like, oh, well, John Cena got over because he won so many titles. So we'll just no. give everybody titles. John Cena got over initially because he, he was, a rapper. was a rapper and put people down really quick. Really into, like He had really great intuition and instinct and wit about him to just spit off promos off the tip of his tongue in a, in a, in a rap style. And it made him really fucking awesome. Thank you, Stephanie McMahon, for that, by the way. Yep. I mean, she claims that she started a women's revolution, but 
You really started John Cena's career. That's what you started. No, that's what she really did. She really did that. I know that because she was in charge of creative of that time. Uh, at least for John's character. I do remember uh, reading and seeing a bunch of stuff about that. So, wow, we got off. Yep. So let's get into our main event. So, originally I felt like this match was supposed to be a three-on-three, a six-man tag match. Because it was this is how it they is. advertised it. It was. it was the OC versus the Street Profits and a mystery partner. Um, no, it was just yeah. a tag match. Go figure. Card subject to change. That's what they did. Um, so you could definitely tell that the crowd had no idea who the Street Profits were because once they came out and they ran to the crowd, they like they were just like, oh, cool, they're in the crowd. Oh, it it really it, you could tell new crowd had no idea who they were. Um, OC came out and oh ha- well, time out, time out. What? For, okay. So for the little bit that I was actually solely paying attention to Raw in general, that crowd sucked giant donkey dick. (laughs) I mean... That crowd was dead for 90% of it. Yeah. Like, there there was no real big pop for Kane. There was no real big pop for really anybody. Aside from booing Seth Rollins, um... I mean, I really can't think of a time where the crowd was just like, oh my god, and like, you know, they were really, like, being awesome fans. Like, they were just very quiet and very mundane for pretty much the whole entire show. Yeah, I mean, that is that is true. But, you know, I mean, like, lately, let's be real, lately, WWE hasn't given crowds anything to really cheer about. And I think... Nope. That's why Paul is trying so hard with, you know, obviously Ricochet, Drew, Alistair, Andrade, um, Carrillo, Rollins. Paul is going to have his Raw 6 yeah. like he had with the SmackDown 6. He's going to have it. And it's, it's the he's going to get those guys over. It's the Street Profits. It's Alistair Black. It's Buddy Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricochet. It's Ricochet. And I want to say Becky. I really want to say Becky, but if I'm going to stick with guys, I'm just going to say Andrade. Well, yeah, Andrade has to be in that that talking point, and Becky, but, of course. But but Heyman is a real big fan of the women's division, especially uh, Becky and Charlotte. He's a huge fan of them. So um, I can't wait to see where that goes, since we didn't get any women on this show. Well, they were all in Australia touring. I don't care. So, anyway, um, th- the mystery opponent never was announced. So, Ford and Anderson start off the match. Uh, Dawkins uh, gets tagged in with uh, Gallows back and forth. Um, Dawkins' headband got knocked off, and AJ put it on, which I thought was really funny. Um, AJ uh, had distraction. Anderson took control. Uh, eventually, Montez fought back. Uh, and Anderson uh, got slammed, hit with the frog splash, and the Street Profits win. And I thought that the funniest part was at the end of the match where Montez Ford ran to the crowd. And, like, now, like, the WWE is going to have, like, oh, their, their great moment. Don't but Montez grabbed it. a baby from the crowd <laughs> and, like, oh. was cheering with him. I thought it was awesome. I'm not going to lie. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say something else, but okay. What? What did you think I was going to say? The same thing that my boyfriend said. That what? 
Wow, this reminds me a lot of Private Party. <laughs> I mean, you know, it. it uh, but is let's it is. let's just be real. Like Private Party and Street Profits are very much the same style of fucking gimmick. Yeah, very much the same style. So Street Profits just is a little bit more shiny and polished. Yeah. So, well. A, Aside from uh, aside from AEW versus Raw creativity, um, love the fact that Street Profits closed out Raw. Yes, I do. That was awesome. That thank you. This is how I I don't know who I need to talk to or who I need to shine off, but this is how you build or show off an NXT tag team that just got promoted, right? So, Stairs in vaude villains and ascension and everything else pretty much poor revival i still feel bad for the revival because they're still getting shat on even though they have titles they're still getting shat on yeah um but but i hate to be the debbie downer hate to be the debbie downer and don't why (laughs) why are we getting kevin owens and an aj styles feed again yeah. So, what, by the way, wasn't that didn't that just happen? Like, I felt I feel like we've seen them wrestle a million times. Yeah, but I think, and I'm just ugh. I think the thought process behind it is they've been in the WWE for a couple years now, and now that they're with Paul, right on Raw, uh, he's gonna let them loose and let them have like way better matches than what they've shown for like. Previous so shows. we're not gonna get Dick Puncher anymore. God, no I more Dick not. Punching. Dick Puncher, love you, Katie. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm so just, that's... I'm already over this feud before it even has begun. Because um, I'm so they, curious. They were all over. What was it? Fucking 2017, something like yeah, that. It was. We had way too many Owens and Styles matches between, like, the spring and fall of 2017. There was way too many of them. Yeah. Way too many of them. Even though one of them had Chris Jericho in his last match in WWE. Le Champion. A little bit of the United States bubbly. (laughs) So, let's jump over. Uh... Wednesday night, we had NXT. Um, show starts off with Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. Uh, before, we, before we go in, before we go into this. Okay. I just want everyone to just know that nothing in this show mattered as much as the beginning and the end. To me... <laughs> Everything else in the middle didn't even mean to be there. Didn't. And I'm a huge fan of Matt Riddle, Angel Garza, Tegan and Knox and Dakota Kai. Like, I am a huge fans of, like, those people uh, specifically. And they were all on the show. Nothing else mattered aside from the beginning and the end. Now you may continue. Oh well. All right, so Bianca Belair comes off as the dominator. Um, she had some great kicks. 
uh, you know, Ripley uh, starts to fight back. Um, also, she, uh, you know, Io Shirai came through, interfered, Belair hit the spear, only got a two count. Rhea ended up doing with the pump on the slam and wins. So, I mean, it's not a lot to really cover, but I want everybody to kind of go in and watch the match because there's so much great stuff that happened in the match. I this really match took light notes. This match is so good. It's this amazing. match showcased all four of the major players for the women's division that you're going to see in NXT going forward. Right. You're, you're, you've got Bianca. You've got EO, you've got Rhea, and you got Candace. And right. it's 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 like they're all different, but when they're together, it's like ooey gooey happiness. And it just made me so happy. So happy. Like compared to Raw, this like destroyed anything that Raw did. Like, and I know, like, our big thing now is comparing NXT to AEW. This is like, no, no. We we can still 100%, like, shit, take a giant shit on Raw and SmackDown just comparatively to NXT. Uh, and this alone, this booking the way it was and everything else, like, it's just, ugh. Yeah, I, I, and... I know I undercut it because I was like, yeah, all these spots happen. No, this match was amazing. I was like, I caught myself like watching it all like a whole way through and not taking notes. And I was like, oh man, I got I got write notes. And so I'm like trying to pick notes really quick. Um, the spot where Io Shirai came through and interfered in a match was perfect. And then to watch Candice LeRae come through and grab EO, I was like, man, this is this is great that we're seeing it. Because we're not even talking about Shanna Baszler. We're not talking about Tegan. We're not talking about Dakota Kai, who are still around. Obviously, you know, there's a list of women that we're not even bringing up that on the NXT roster that makes NXT so awesome. But um, I just thought that the direction that they're heading, I'm like, yo, I'm on board all the way through. So, yeah. We get a recap of Dream getting beat up, and Tommaso Ciampa cuts a promo, and then we find out that Tyler Bates is in the crowd, and I was I thought that was awesome. I liked seeing him. Um, I know you said that everything kind of in the middle like didn't matter as far as like progressing, I guess stories, but I really liked the Matt Riddle versus uh, Cameron Grimes match, um, especially Again. because like. I am a huge Matt Riddle fan. So, yeah. Well, what I liked was, like, the commentators kind of really pushed the story along, too, where, like, Cameron Grimes likes to come out and just see people with the cave-in and then just go for the quick pin. And that's exactly what happened in this match, too, was that Cameron came right out. He tried to hit the the cave-in, but Riddle moved. And he tried to hit the final flash, and he missed. So it's like both guys like scouted each other really well, like right off the beginning. And I was like, "Oh man, that is it's much appreciated to see that happen." Um, we had the exploder suplex uh, by Riddle, followed by the PK. I didn't realize they called it the bro hammer. It was supposed to be like a nod at Goldberg, 
which then the crowd legitimately started chanting Riddle's name in the same style of Goldberg's name, which I was like, Goldberg is about to be super pissed at this. <laughs> um, we got to, oh, man, we have to talk about this really quick. So at some at one point in the match, um, Grimes, I think he hit Riddle like in a knee or in the stomach, and Riddle went on all fours. And then Grimes does a backflip, splits across Grimes' uh, across um, Riddle's back, and then picks him up for a soup like a dead man a uh, dead man German suplex into a pin for two. And I was like, this was the greatest thing. I have ever seen. I was like, I wish I could do a backflip so I can do this. Um, we saw the bro to sleep to a German suplex for two. Grimes eats another penalty kick. Um, Grimes ended up having another awesome slam that only got him a two count. We had the floating, floating bro into some knees. Um, I wrote in here, this back and forth match is amazing. And Grimes looks amazing in this match. Um, they reversed the cave-in into a powerbomb, into the final flash, into the bro Derek for the win. And I put in here that Grimes is one of my new favorites. At first, I wasn't really sure about him, only because Grimes, like, he, he has that hat. And in the way he just kind of presents himself, I'm kind of like, I don't really know if I'm really a fan. But I felt like Matt Riddle was able to bring out, like, a lot more character for what Grimes is going to be about. And I was like, okay, I could definitely fuck with this. I, I, one hundred, one hundred. You agree with me? <laughs> but nothing in the middle of NXT, right? Well, again, just. I for... Anyway, I forgot this happened too. So Riddle went to go give a fist bump. Grimes told him no, pushed him away, or like kind of swatted him away. Riddle gets a fist bump from Tyler. Uh, then Grimes pushes Bates, uh, after, and then goes and grabs his hat. But once he grabs his hat, he catches a. Uh, I put he catches hands from Bates. Really, it was one punch. But uh, and then Grimes went down. Um, so I, obviously, that's probably the next matchup that we're gonna see is uh, Bates and Grimes. So I'm kind of hyped to see that. Um, we we rewind back. Um, and talk about uh, Breezango when they were supposed to have their matchup against, I forget what the tag team was that they were supposed to have a match with. It didn't matter. They went and showed the forgotten how Forgotten Sons got into the match. And then uh, Breezango was going to have a mystery guest, which they really put for, um, versus Forgotten Sons. Uh, Kabuki Warriors will be on NXT next week, is what they pretty much said, defending the titles against the winners of the uh, Shafira... Duke versus Knox and uh, Dakota Kai. So team kick versus the horse women. I'm sure, but that's not that's how they. All you them. need. That's all you need. That's all you need. That's what everyone knows. Them as. <laughs> so Brizango, also, you owe me an apology. About. I remember a certain someone saying that the women's tag team titles would never be back in NXT and that they were only going to be Raw and SmackDown. Sir. Yeah, because that's what they said. Obviously, mm. you can't trust the WWE at all. But yes, right. I am sorry. You are correct. Mm-hmm. 
I expect my uh, real apology in the form of a cookie cake from uh, Great American Cookie. I don't know what that is or what that is. So, cool. Uh, You're such a dick. <laughs> so, Brizango came out dressed as fighter pilots, which I thought that was really cool. Because uh, the last time we saw them, they came out as construction workers. So, it was funny to see Did- that. What? I love them. I love them so much. <laughs> Yo, actually, um, <laughs> God dang it. Beth Phoenix, man. She was talking, <laughs> when she was talking on commentary, she had mentioned that she talked to Fandango and she said that he was he was teaching her how to fly a plane and to hold on to the shaft real tight and if like the plane starts to go down, just jerk it up. I was dying, dude. <laughs> I was like, "This is this is really good." I like this like little tie-in. Um, but the mystery partner ended up being Mister Isaiah Swerve Scott, which I'm not gonna lie, I popped. <laughs> I was like, "This is this is gonna be fucking awesome." Um, not that I want. I just noticed that WWE keeps doing these mystery partner things. Yeah. That's like their theme I, of the week. Yeah, time. it's it's like it's like the new thing. I'm I'm still waiting for the time that it's John Morrison, and then I cry. I start weeping in 2009 type tears. Um, <laughs> John Morrison when? Soon. John Morrison when? Has he officially signed with WWE? I know they said that he has, but even he said he hasn't. I'm just curious. I mean, I know, like, of course, he's gonna say, of course, it's going to say that he hasn't when the, every, the, everything is pointing to the people who say that know when signings are happening before anybody else knows when signing is happening. Of course, he's going to say that they're not happening. I it's know. Just trying to swerve people off. Hello, Sasha Banks, like th- four weeks before, like all during her return week and everything else like that was in Cal saying that she was in California and everything else like that. Yet there she was. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on, come but on! Seeing seeing it's John a, Morrison, brother, but seeing John Morrison uh. on being the elite the week before they had made that announcement, I legitimately had thought maybe we'll see him on uh on AEW. So that's why I'm I curious. mean, we'll see. Like if if I like I like the fact that people are fighting for you know former people. Like I love John Morrison. I I loved his ability. He has great talent. And he's definitely evolved since leaving WWE. So a second run or a first run in AEW, you know, is main event caliber status for him. So. Or how about that sidebar? What we'll sidebar this? Today it was announced that PWG have signed to several shows uh, Mr. Evan Bourne and not Matt Seidel. Mr. Evan Bourne has, is making his return. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was weird too. Hmm. It's like it's like a feeder system or something. Um. Anyway, Scott came out looking like a f- huge megastar in this match, and I love his delay kick that he does. Um. That's how he ended a match. Oh, Brizongo- no, please, please don't try to copy it. You don't float or hover like the way he does. No, I'm I'm a brawler. I'm okay with that, but I do okay. love that move. And a shooting star press. I anyway. hear it in your voice. I hear it in your voice. You're like, oh, I love that kick. I do love that kick. Oh. <laughs> if I was more comfortable with my striking, I definitely would attempt it. 
<laughs> good scrub. Um, but I did write in here that Swerve Scott is definitely one of my new favorites in NXT. Uh, Roddy cut a promo. Leo Rush came out. Kane Dillian cut a promo on Pete Dunne. And then we got Angel Garza versus Jack Gallagher. Great match. I'm not going to lie. Really? You didn't think so? No. I I thought it was really good. I thought it showcased what Garza can do. You know, and I always, always like Jack Gallagher in matches because he's just like, I don't know, I feel like he's like the bar for like the cruiserweights because like if you get past him, obviously you can be a star. And I feel like he's like that guy. And it's always nice watching him work with other guys because he never really seems like he loses like per se because even though he loses, he just he knows how to make himself look good as well as make his opponent look good too. You know what I mean? I mean, this was an easy squash win for me, at least. I mean, I knew who was winning as soon as the match, like, the t- as soon as I knew who was facing each other. Yeah, me um, too. Their styles to me didn't, like, mm, their styles to me didn't really mesh. No. But it'll be interesting because Angel Garza is challenging for the title, uh, the mm. NXT Cruiserweight title from Mr. Leo Rush. So... It'll be interesting to see. I know. I can't. I can't wait for that either. Um, Match number five, as I as I mentioned, Knox and Kai versus Shafir and Duke. Um, Long story short, uh, Knox wins with the shiniest wizard, and the veterans win. Is what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah, Team Kick wins. Um, Veterans, the people who have been wrestling for almost ten plus years, versus the people who just started like five days ago. Shocker. I feel though it, I will say being a big women's fan re, women's wrestling fan as I am um definitely saw from the last time I saw the two in the ring um uh, because I don't live in Florida anymore therefore I don't get to see all the little people wrestle uh before they go on TV uh Marina has definitely improved so much yeah I agree so much and Jessamine is just She's a star. She's going to be a star, hundred percent. If they stick, the, keep these two together, that's great. But Jessamine can definitely be the main attraction, and Marina be the mouthpiece because Marina can talk better than Jessamine. Also, I don't want to see Jessamine open her mouth because she looks really weird when she smiles, like with crack core teeth. But that's just <laughs> um, Kabuki Warriors cut a promo uh, with their tag titles, talking about Team Kick, which uh, looks cool. Um, I do appreciate when they get to speak in like their own language. So when they were speaking in Japanese, I didn't know what was going on, but I felt like it was a bunch of girls like being schoolgirls, like talking shit about like other girls. And I, I, I really don't like the way that Asuka like giggles like a schoolgirl like that. Everything That's... like that, it's very <laughs> grossly Japanese trope and everything else like that to play to like people's fetishes, fantasy, and everything like that. Like Asuka's almost forty years old and she is smart as fuck. Yeah. So I love her YouTube channel, by the way. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> she Asuka is a gem, and she deserves <laughs> so much better. I just watched her do like the cabbage video. I was dying. Oh, <laughs> cabbage, god damn it! Anyways, <laughs> get to the good part. So we have our triple threat match, right? It was a match. It was a godsend match. That's what it was. Keith Lee. It, it was a match that we didn't know that we needed to happen. But we're glad it did. 
versus Dominic Dijakovic versus Roderick Strong for the North American Championship. Um, How can you pronunciate Dijakovic correctly but forget who the fuck you wanted to wrestle in a Lions Den match and say Goldberg instead of Brock Lesnar? um, How? What the hell is up with you? Well, like, as much as I would fear Goldberg, because he's, you know, 6'3", probably, like, 265, Dominic is, like, 6'7", and he's almost 300 pounds. So, yeah, I'm going to get his name Brian right. Christopher. Because it's he's a scary man. Brian Christopher. <laughs> um, All I'm going to say is Brian Christopher. <laughs> anyway, so, this match was amazing from beginning to end. I loved it because it, it felt like they were just going to beat the shit out of Roddy. And then once they took him out of the match, they were going to have their match, uh, Lee and uh, Dijakovic. And, yo, and they did. That's exactly how it went down. I mean, let's be real. We kind of already knew who was going to win the match going into this match. But those two guys, man, are amazing. And then you throw Roddy in there and – I want to talk about, like, the Tower of Doom spot where, like, I thought Keith Lee was going to die. I'm just going to be honest. I thought he was going to die. So he picks up Dominic uh, Dominic in a powerbomb style, and Roderick goes up for um, the vertical suplex, goes in a vertical suplex. And as they land, it looked like Keith Lee just kind of caved versus, like, trying to powerbomb him. Um, and then he, like, he almost fell out of the ring. And I was like, Jesus, dude. I was like, this match cannot get any crazier than where it's at right now. You know what I mean? Oh, boy, but were you wrong? Oh, yeah. I was definitely wrong. There was all sorts of things. I didn't realize. Like, I know Keith Lee is strong. And I know he's very athletic. I did not know that he was going to catch Dominic, who was attempting to do a cannonball (laughs) at him. I was like... This is this is a whole new level of strength that I never thought was gonna be possible. I was like, you just catch another man who's like close to two eighty and you just hold him in midair. I was like, yo, that's that's crazy. This is amazing to watch. Um Of course in that same position, uh Roddy then went and did a drop kick to Dominic, who was in the powerbomb position by Keith Lee, and it knocked down Keith Lee, but Dominic landed on his feet. I was like, This is yet again insane. What was uh what was one of your favorite spots in this in this match? The ending. <laughs> okay. So uh Roddy I don't get me wrong. I, I loved I loved like the whole match. Right. Like again, we knew who was winning, but it the the way it made me almost think that I was wrong. Like that's what NXT does great, is like keep you on the edge of your seat. Yeah. Um, I, like I don't know. It was just the whole match is fantastic, and it's just I didn't have any favorite spots because this whole match was just amazing. This was a pay per view match. This is this was one hundred percent a pay per view match. So how we got this match to end right was that Keith Lee uh, from the top rope hit a spirit bomb on Rod uh, on Dominic. Roddy came flying in with a knee and hit Keith Lee. Out of the ring, got the pin. Uh, I wrote it here. Great match, obviously. Undisputed Era then came out. You were wrong. Great match. You're fucked. You're fired. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, Undisputed Era came out. 
they continued to beat down Keith Lee. Uh, then Tommaso Ciampa came out, and he stood in the ring with his crutch. Uh, obviously, those guys weren't going to uh, attack because it didn't make sense. Uh, Johnny Gargano came out. Um, and then you had this, like, I love the idea that they both looked at each other, and they were like, we got this. And then they both turned to look. And then Finn Balor came out, in which he was joining Johnny and Champa. Um, and I, <laughs> so Finn Balor gets in the middle of both of uh, both the DIY. He looks right. He looks left. He goes to take off his jacket, and as he goes to take off his jacket, he does a Pele kick to Gargano. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I uh, I have a huge bruise on my shin because I was watching. Uh, both shows, and as soon as I saw that Pele kick, I jumped up, hit the table, and it gets my shin, and knocked over both my computers, and I was upset, but I was cheering at the same time, because I couldn't believe what I was watching. <laughs> um, can we be honest, that, that, that brain buster that Finn Balor hit on Johnny Gargano, I cringed a lot. <laughs> I thought I legitimately thought he killed Johnny Gargano. Just like Marty's dead right now. Um there were so many great spots, like little moments in here, especially the moment where Adam Cole and Gargano uh Adam Cole and I'm sorry, Finn were just staring at each other. And like, I don't know why my Yeti shut off. uh, I don't know either. Anyways, sorry. I was like yelling into the microphone at the time too. It was like the microphone was not working, but no, the fucking pain leg kick. Okay. So I'm sorry you hurt your shin. I heard all of that. But besides (laughs) the fact, your opinion is the same as everybody else's that was in the fucking arena because that reaction was fucking genuine. This is the shit that makes wrestling fucking awesome when you literally see someone when they debut in nx fucking t they've been a literal baby face for their whole entire wwe career and then the major swerve out of fucking left goddamn field that takes you by fu- it, it, it 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 flames flames on my face <laughs> from clue if you didn't get that joke or reference whatever fuck you um but yeah the crowd was a mood 100 percent seeing like the people like holding their faces they couldn't believe this is the shit that makes wrestling awesome and right. this was a moment in nxt that i will never forget no. this was everything this is everything valor turning heel was something I didn't know I needed. I thought Balor was going to go and have great matches with Adam Cole. I thought fucking DIY was going to uh, fucking go up against fucking uh, 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 Fish and um, O'Reilly. I that's that's what I thought was happening. I mean, the last time we talked, what was the thing I said? Oh. Fucking Survivor Series, War Games. We're gonna have Balor, Gargano, Ciampa, and Dream versus the Undisputed Era. Like, oh, nope, 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 not at all. Now, nothing, none of that. I don't know what what is going on. <sighs> also, did you see the interview on? Uh, yes. 
Yeah, backstage where... Yes. Anything that has dealt with Finn Balor in the past, like, three days, I have been literally, like, getting Google notifications on anything Finn Balor. Because, oh my Jesus. (laughs) The prince is back. Oh my Jesus. That's all we gotta say. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Prince Davitt, if you don't know anything, go back and watch Old New Japan and revel in what Finn Balor and Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows and Shinsuke Nakamura and, you know, where all these people are that are just kind of floundering at this point, you know, where they really, you know, shined and why they got signed to WWE first place. That's the reason why. Yep. (sighs) It was amazing. I'm not gonna lie. I, I literally feel like I just had sex. <laughs> like that. It just. Uh, it was that. Uh, it was. It was that amazing. There's. There's no lie about it. I mean, it just. I've rewatched that clip of and just not even focusing so much on like the giant massive beatdown that Undisputed Era did on Champa, which clearly we're heading into just a a a, a um a Cole Champa feud and we're clearly heading into a Balor Gargano feud which is fine. Keep teasing the DIY thing. I like the teasing. But um yeah, it's just it's the crowd reaction that gets me. It's it's literally the watch like it's that. It's it's the it's that thing. That is the like the X factor wrestling has that I love so much. So going back to those types of moments where it's just like WTF, like when Ciampa turned on Gargano out of nowhere. Like the Finn Balor turn. Who else just turned recently that was kind of shocking? Oh, I don't... I don't even know. Oh, it was Daniel Bryan. Like, that was another shocking one that came, like, out of nowhere. Yeah. It was just like the WTF. The Shinsuke Nakamura heel turn was a WTF, but that just... that was For a different sad reason. After. Yeah, that, that was, was sad after for a while. Yeah, it, I agree. I expected, but yeah, no, it's 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 those types of moments where you you follow someone for so long, and you think you know them, and you know, oh, that person can never be heel. There's then, no way. Yeah, and then they turn. And then I'm it's gonna, just like, how is this gonna work? And I'm not gonna lie. Like, oh, I kind of want to see. I was gonna say, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of want to see. You know, now now that it's happened, I want to see Balor and Cole versus. DIY, like I, I want to see this tag match. I feel like that thing could be just electric, and I, I know like there's obviously other feuds going on, but to see that match just one time, I need that in my life. Now that's we've seen it happen, I just, I don't know. That's that's kind of like my thoughts on it. I mean, you have correct thoughts, sir. You, one hundred percent okay with in pure thought. <laughs> um. Yeah, and that's how we went off the air with NXT was Balor doing the uh, doing the gun salute. <sighs> I was like, "Yo, that's awesome." Um, I can't wait for more NXT, and I don't want him joining Undisputed Era. He needs to do his own thing. We do not need a five member stable, especially since Balor can definitely run his own. Whereas in, you know, Undisputed Era, they need each other. Balor can definitely do his thing, so. Well, it was interesting, too, because uh, other other podcasts like Wrestle Talk and Cultaholic, they all talked about um, that there's no other heels. Like, there's no other male heels in NXT. Like, so 
you know, have I mean, a ballot. Yeah, there's Killian Dane. There's all of Undisputed Era, so there's five. I mean, Dijakovic's kind of a tweener. I mean, right. he tried that whole white supremacy angle that didn't work out before he got injured. Thank um, God he got injured, and that didn't work out. Well, I wouldn't want that to work out anyways, because right. can we not? But you know, like they would have like, hey, we'll try it again. Guy, we'll try we it again. Not... No, please don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's why when he got hurt, they were like, nah, just forget it. We'll yeah, that's, that's a it. sign. That is literally a sign from every sort of heaven. Yep. Um, but yeah, so really, I mean, yeah, I really can't have, think of anything. I mean, they're just really just building people up. I mean, and you could say because like, I mean, you could say Forgotten Sons, but they're not. I don't know. They suck. They're not. They I, I I mean that nicely. They suck. Um, they suck, and it's not like it's a good suck either. Like it's right. it's not like they 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 suck as in like that's what the heels are supposed to do. They're supposed to be the bad guy. You're not supposed to like them type thing. But no, it's this. They genuinely suck. Like they're terrible. Like why? Like, there's nothing about them that is appealing in any way. <coughs> but then, like, like the funny can... thing, too, is that, like, so Killian Dane is obviously, like, he's going to be a good heel and, and a very much fun to watch, like, in the future as mm-hmm. he grows in his role. But, like, Undisputed Era is a heel, but the fans love him so much that as a heel, they're like, no, that's cool. We we know you're supposed to be bad guys, but we're cool with this, what you're doing right now. We're like Finn turning heel. Like, you can legitimately watch him just, like, pull all that heat. And I, I would love to see a heat-type level like like Ciampa got when he returned. No music, just a crowd booing the shit out of him. Like, I need that kind of heat back. And I, I want that for Finn Balor, because... Finn can obviously generate that, but the fear I have is that now that he's turned heel, fans are going to be like, we're cool with this too, man, and be like, god damn it, Full sale, just boo the shit out of him, like, just put that heat I out mean, there. I mean, people were booing, yeah, people were booing the shit out of him, like, they were, like, after the initial reaction, like, the, the, like the cheering, the chanting, like, like, I just rewatched it because I'm at the perfect spot on Twitter where it's... It's right there, just that little clip. Um, yeah, it's the people get over the initial thing. The beatdown kind of happens. Cole and Finn have their thing, but the crowd is just like there are literally people in the stands who are supposed to be sitting down. They're like they everyone is standing up. Like everyone cannot believe what the fuck just happened. Right. So it's it's this literally is changing NXT because when when it was announced. Fucking when Finn just showed up and says he's back in NXT to stay in NXT, like that was a game changer. But this, this is a universe. I'm being, I'm being really cheesy. This is a universe changer. Oh yeah, no, gay. no, no. That was gay. I feel gay. You're just saying that. God, hate. Don't, I hate me. Don't worry, you're fine. Ugh. So, but I you're right. Me. This was a true. This was a a, and you. Yeah, this was a true moment where like. This is going to be one of those things where, as a wrestling fan, this is going to timestamp. We're going to always remember, like, when Finn Balor turned heel and who he turned heel on is going to be even, like, the better part. Because, you know... It's, just, it's, it's, it's always poor Johnny. <laughs> it, poor Johnny. Johnny is, uh... Johnny is the, the sting of our... of our generation. <laughs> Like, he's forever, like, the best baby face. Johnny Gargano is forever the best baby face. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, 
it got kind of old and saturated after uh, he turned heel. Like that heel turn, mild heel turn, I should say, um, was a little awkward. But yeah, it's Johnny Gargano. Right. It's Johnny Gargano. So this is. I kind of wish that Finn, like, we would see Finn on Raw, but that's not going to at least happen for at least a year or until after Mania if we yeah. have, like, a full OC Bullet Club reunion. But, mm. I know. I, I I do like seeing this. And it's funny because just for, like, if they did a War Games and they did a, a 10 on 10, like, match, right? Finn and Undisputed Era, that would low-key be... I would... I'm not going to lie. My heart would die. Mm. I would be like, this is going to be too much awesome. <laughs> if only Ricochet didn't get called up, to have him in this matchup, too, would be amazing. So, I just... Oh, yeah. Just imagine that. Just imagine. have a ring, uh, an old-school Ring of Honor like reunion and get like Daniel Bryan in it, and then Ricochet, and then AJ Styles, and just... Just make NXT what Ring of Honor should have been instead of the garbage <laughs> that it is now. Well, I think, I think, imagine if you would have had like Undisputed Era and Finn Balor versus DIY, Keith, Dominic, and Ricochet. Like, how awesome would that match be? All the things that those guys can do. <sighs> yep. Your thought process is the same as mine. <laughs> I, I, I. I need you to not give me <laughs> hopes for things that we know are probably not going to happen. Well, yeah. I mean, you could do it in uh, 2K20. You could do that matchup. If it doesn't glitch out, of course. You know, pending glitches. <sighs> I can't wait for the next NXT. <laughs> Alright. Well... Marty, do you want to give out your plugs? I don't have any plugs. So show me. I mean, you can find me on Twitter. Not really. I don't really tweet. I have an Instagram. <laughs> but I haven't really done a whole lot of stuff on Instagram lately, so. You have been kind of radio just silent. Just, just watch fucking Franken Culture stuff. Support the page. That's what I would say. Support the page. We could use all the support we can get. Yes. Please. That's... No, just do it. No, please. You should just do it. <laughs> and then, as always, you guys can find me on... underscore Miller 85 and all things social media. <laughs> all, thing, all things on social media. You guys can also find me right here... Um, Frankensteiner, as well as Nerds at the Roundtable. And then you guys can also find me on AUW Wrestling. So if you guys want to put that in the YouTube channel, AUW Wrestling, um, you guys can find me there. And then you guys can find me on WCF Wrestling as well. Um, but for that, this was Cliff and Marty, and we will see you guys next time. Deuce.